0: Travel, eat, and learn. I'm Susan Sam Shockley.
1: And I'm Patrick Barney, and I hope you all had a nice Thanksgiving weekend. I'm sure on Thursday you stuffed yourself. On Friday you walked it off at Black Friday, and today your little fingers have done the walking through Cyber Monday. So just relax, watch our show, maybe learn something, and maybe digest a few things. Sam, I think our show, our title, even though you have trouble saying it, says everything travel because we believe the world is a book and the person who doesn't travel only reads one page
0: eat the best way to experience a city state or country is to settle down and eat with the
1: locals and learn we want you to have fun but learn from that encounter that you have and the various customs you experience throughout the world Today's
0: show is being brought to you by Four More Travel.
1: Where you dream it, and they make it happen.
0: Not they, me.
1: Sometimes. (laughs) I help. (laughs) I help. (laughs) Okay, how about some travel
0: news?
1: (laughs) Well, we we thought we'd pick out a few things. Uh, places to go and so forth. One of the islands people don't talk about much when they talk about Hawaii is Kona. And Kona is known for great snorkeling. And you can not only swim with the dolphins and see sharks if you swim real fast, but you can also (laughs) see a lot of sea turtles. So that's a place that should be on your list if you're going to Hawaii, make sure you hit Kona. And Sam, I'm a foodie. You know I'm a foodie, right? Okay. One of the greatest foodie events happening is this January in Grand Cayman. It's gonna be at the Ritz-Carlton. They're gonna have five or six international chefs there, and it's January 12th to the 15th, and there are like 40 events, all kinds of foods, and you can get a ticket that gives you four nights at the Ritz-Carlton, tickets to the major events, and three or four different meals. What more could you want but foodies in the Caribbean?
0: Can I interject?
1: Please interject.
0: Santiago de Cuba is in the news right now because Fidel Castro is going to be laid to rest there. But it's got an awful lot of news on Cuba. And you'll see the fam- Fathom ship going by with the, uh, the ship. On the side of the ship is a beautiful uh, artistic thing. So you'll recognize it. And you've got to get to Cuba before they close it down. There's possibility that Trump is gonna renegotiate the deal. And so you better get there before Marriott and McDonald's take it over, or Trump has his way with them.
1: Well, I don't think he could say that. I don't think he can say what Trump is going to do. He wants a better deal. He wants more freedom for the Cuban people. I
0: understand that. Now. I'm no. just trying to sell a trip to Cuba.
1: Well, <laughs> I understand that. But what I'm saying is I think I don't think you have to. I, well, you can rush if, if you want to do it this year. But what I'm saying is I think it's not going to be any major changes in Cuba. It's opened the door now. The airlines are flying there. America, and the hotels are starting to invest. OK. And I, I can see. In Trump's mind, and not that I'm telling him what to do, but right now the only new cars in Cuba are from China. You gotta have, have him saying that there's going to be a couple Fords and General Motors cars. We there. need you yeah, to okay? be the
0: Secretary of State.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm as fat as as what's McCall used to be, but not as sharp. Okay.
0: They don't do it on your looks.
1: Really? <laughs> All right. How about now? Now. Now that we we did the political thing, okay, how would we do the good thing? Time for a little... um, um, Ice cube jazz? Good one. (laughs) I was thinking of Cuban jazz. (laughs) Well, you know that we always tell you at the end of a show that we are going somewhere for happy hour, our happy hour hunts. And we said last time that we were gonna go to the Palm restaurant at caesar's palace because we enjoyed the palm restaurant so much back east where uh we used to go to the one in washington dc and if you go to their website their national website they have what they call for happy hour prime bites now that was my main reason for going there is to see what these prime bites were like and i thought it was excellent idea however sam we were a little disappointed
0: yep Back in Washington, they had all the politicians and all the administration people up on the walls and down in the seats. And it was always fun to go there. But at the Palm, at Caesar's Palace, they have just redecorated, so they have like three pictures on the wall. And as we understand it, you can pay to have those pictures put up on the wall. So there are a bunch of people you don't know who they are
1: that they just simply paid to put up there. You know, when the first Palm opened up in New York, it was right around the corner from a lot of the um, cartoon people. So a lot of the original things on it were cartoon characters by the original artist. Then they move further down, and then you start having celebrities do their thing. And in Washington, D.C., of course, they were all politicians.
0: Well, we sat at the bar, and we had lobster bisque, Oh my God, that was incredible. We've been searching for a lobster bisque like we had in Scottsdale, Arizona 30 years ago and this is fabulously creamy and pink and we loved it. You had some wonderful shrimp.
1: I had some jumbo shrimp, which not only the shrimp were incredible and large, but what I liked, they gave you their typical hot cocktail sauce, but they gave you extra horseradish if you wanted to spice it up even more and i thought that was a real advantage and
0: patrick makes very good cocktail sauce however but. now they had a caesar salad you could get a better caesar salad at denny's i <laughs> do not recommend it
1: yeah their caesar salad definitely definitely tasted like it was like done weeks ago out of a can I mean I'm sorry the sauce was not very good at all done right
0: Sun City kiss which I'm sure Patrick's going to talk about um, it anything you put Chambord in it tastes like Chambord.
1: So you didn't like it
0: it was okay.
1: I drank that sucker down immediately I didn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind it at all a little bit of cherry juice and a few other things yeah actually the bartender was very nice his name is Victor. And I'm going to show you a little video. Victor made what they call the Sin City Kiss. And um, that was excellent. And also, I don't want to be too harsh on the Palm. They still have a great reputation and have some of the best steaks in town. But in the meantime, I want to make I'm sure that Go. Schedule, Hi. Hi, I'm so Victor. I work the at the Las Vegas Palm Steakhouse. And I'm going to be making you the Sin City Kiss. little double-cross vodka. how many people are supposed
0: to so, what about this Pomegranate liqueur?
1: Yeah,
0: I think we that. Yeah, so... Gave like, nectar? Uh, burning. Like, meat-ended burning, burning. I'm just going to be like, sitting there. Grand Marnier? be like, oh,
1: hey, who's that loser? Like, you shake yeah, it all up? That be, yeah, Alright. You shake it all right. up? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's, but it's like, I've done
0: it both ways, and like, the pill day, or Italian No, See, thing. Enjoy. Enjoy. Like, I used to do Thank
1: that you. Short... See, I think the little little shot of Prosecco at the at the end was nice because it gave it that little bubbly stuff. I love Prosecco. I fell in love with that in Italy, and I'll have that any day over champagne as far as I'm concerned. Yes. No comment? Uh, No. Anyway, (laughs) thank you, Victor. It was very nice, and that drink was very refreshing. Help us wash down that Caesar salad. (laughs) All right. Sam, now we're going to go to our next one, which is those go-to, great go-to destinations. Oh, gosh, oh, we're back already. Gee, I forgot that that bumper was a really tiny bumper. Okay, what we're trying to do is, you know, a lot of people are hesitant to go to Europe these days because of all the trouble. Also, the airline uh, fares are not the best in the world right now for Europe, especially if you want to go in the summertime. So what we tried to do, and we found seven, seven, see that, seven. <laughs> seven. Seven cities around America, that gives you that European flair or feeling, and that's what we're going to talk about here. The first one is, Sam, I can never pronounce this. Slo- Solvang. Solvang, California. Okay, now this city is settled by the Dutch. Why? I don't know. But they dance a lot, and they have an architecture of going back to the 18th century, 17th and 18th century, both. So it's in Santa Barbara, a lot of dancing, and they're right in the middle of that new wine country. So if you want to get a little feel for Europe and a little bit of wine, that's the place to go. Second one I came up with, them. what else but Boston. As an Irishman, that's where we ended up, you know, because we missed New York, okay? So happy. we ended up in Boston, and the, the best place to see turn of the century, meaning the 17th century architecture in Boston is Beacon Hill. Beacon Hill is an area that makes you think like you're in London with Charles Dickens. So if you're ever in Boston, don't miss Beacon Hill and the great park next to it called the Commons, all right? So I get to
0: say something now. Yes, you do. New Orleans- Yes. Is a great foodie town.
1: And why is it European?
0: Because it takes into consideration Africa, Spain, and France, which creates Creole. It is, we just were there, and it is the Big Easy, and it's just so much fun to eat there. Now, the only thing we missed was the Carousel Bar, but we're going back before the year is up.
1: Well, I prefer the French and the Spanish influence. (laughs) It was very difficult to get Africa into Europe. But I do like that. All right. The next one is, if you love Oktoberfest, you do not have to go to Germany. You do not have to go up the Rhine to do this. You can go to Fredericksburg, Texas. This is an area which in about 1846, the te- Texas said, hey, we got this big place now and we got nobody living here. And they invited anybody who came from Europe to get free land, so to speak. And Germans landed in Brownsville on the Gulf of Mexico, and they walked their way north to Fredericksburg and San Antonio. The very strong German population there, and they have great Oktoberfest in uh, Fredericksburg, Texas.
0: Now, I get to talk about San Francisco. This is a great foodie town. They're very liberal in their politics, and they're very artistic, but they have the Buena Vista down by the wharf and I remember going there umpteen years ago and this fellow had a duck on his arm and he was the duck I couldn't believe there was a duck in the place but it was obviously a puppet no not so obviously I was fooled or maybe I was just drunk anyway (laughs) (laughs) they also have the best Chinatown in in the well other than China and North Beach is their Italian section, and I remember getting a platter of food like this. Oh, my God, the food was so incredible. Got to go to San Francisco if you want to eat.
1: Yeah, there's two things that you, first of all, do you realize that in the 1800s especially, San Francisco was known as the Paris of the West. You realize here are Parises all over the place. It was, a, there's... Bucharest in Romania was the Paris of the East, okay? Argentina Argentina, was the Paris of... Yes, Buenos Aires was the Paris of South America. But San Francisco was the Paris of the West, and that's because it was sophisticated and had that little Spanish influence in the beginning that's not so much now, except in the wine country.
0: And where else are we going to go?
1: The last place, of course, is close to where we are now, and I don't think I've ever been it. Venice, California. And why that, because it looks like Venice, Italy. They have canals, okay? They shut off the streets and make it pedestrian friendly. So if you want, they purposely made these canals so they could remind people of Venice, Italy, without the smell, without the dead fish. It's really good. Uh, So if you get a chance and you want to just enjoy the water, enjoy all these little walkways, go to Venice, California for our last European experience. I don't have it down here, but do not forget, it's not America, so I didn't include it in this. But remember Quebec and Montreal. If you wanna have that French experience, I just suggest don't go in the wintertime, okay? It's a place to go in the summer, but uh, Quebec is a great French style city.
0: I'm about to walk on water.
1: Oh my God.
0: that only 20% of the entire population cruises. Now if you're a cruiser you wonder if that's true because there's so many people that go but once they go they go over and over and over. However there's a lot of questions that I get about cruising and why people should cruise and I'm too scared to cruise and I'm gonna be sick on a cruise. Let me answer seven of these topical questions for you. Uh, Cruising prices vary. Um, It's a matter of supply and demand. If you're going to go the week between Christmas and New Year's, you are going to pay an arm and a leg. Uh, Whenever the children are out, it's going to cost you more. That week in June, right after school lets out, oh my God, everybody wants to go. Why can't they wait till the first week of July? I don't know. Anyway, early booking means lower prices and you get better situations of where your room's going to be. The best place, of course, is midship. The higher you go, midship is the better. So you want to have that choice. But the later you go, the less the less you get to pick where you're going to be. Can I
1: interject one thing about that? Certainly. Can I I stop you? I like a a cabin on a ship that's about uh, three-quarters of the way up, okay? Uh And then I love it to be close to the elevators.
0: Of course, yes. Why?
1: Because when all the bars empty out, and the drunks come out of the elevators to try to find their rooms, it's so much fun to watch them knock on wrong doors. I mean, it really is.
0: Ladies, if you forget your handkerchief or your lipstick and you're all the way three blocks down the hall getting to the elevator and you've gotta go back, it's just easier if you're closer to the elevators. And the third thing, cruising is an investment. Sometimes they're very, very expensive insure it.
1: I don't understand why people say, oh, I don't need to insure it. Well, I mean, if you're spending five, six thousand dollars, the minimum, maybe some as much as ten thousand dollars, a couple hundred bucks to say that in case, what, you break your leg. What about the cruise? The poor guy we went on, they had waited 20 years to go on a cruise. I really felt bad about it. They didn't get insurance. They had to go. The man had to go even though he had Kidney kidney stones. Stones. The whole week on the cruise, he was in his cabin medicated. And his wife had to drink alone. We helped her. But But the fact of the matter is, there's a guy, if he had insurance, they could have simply canceled the cruise and gone later in the year when he was better.
0: Now, number four. This is a very important one. And this is, I, I have to stress this because it's happened to us. Do not fly the same day. Of the cruise number one you want to be getting on the cruise by noon you're paying for that day you might as well be on the ship having fun however we once went the day of there was a storm the the airport closed down so we had to Give up the money we spent on that airline, go to another airline, pay $900, and be same-day flyers, which meant that we were obviously terrorists and had to be frisked and everything. Well, that was Uh, part
1: of the fun. But,
0: But, uh, you know, I, I do say go in the day before, stay in a hotel, make that the start of your vacation, get to that ship by 11 o'clock in the morning, get on that ship. Oh, there's another thing, I said seven. There's another thing. If you can, get the early boarding. Some cruise lines like Carnival let you pay extra and get early boarding, which is even earlier than the rest of the people get on. Because you're
1: gonna get lunch, you've already paid for it, and the bars are open immediately.
0: Yes, and if you're gonna take a spa, why pay $150 for your spa while you're in port? The people in the spa have nothing to do, so they reduce the prices. That's when you get your spa massage.
1: So what you really should do then is, is look at where the ports are, and you're going to say, "Well, I'd love to be go to see Nassau, but I don't want I don't we don't need to, I'm not going to go surfing at St. Thomas or something like that. So hey, I'm not getting off the ship. That's today. To do your
0: the biggest question that I get is, why did I see it in the newspaper for $299, and you're charging me $465? That is because the cruise lines advertise the base price. They don't include the taxes. They don't include the port charges. They don't include the gratuities. They, you know, you have to... Uh, Watch out your folio through the week. You might visit the purser every once in a while because every drink you have, and you are allowed to ask for a glass of water instead of a drink. Now, that wouldn't be me, but uh, this this is important. You know, we're not trying to gouge you. We give you the same price that the cruise lines give us. Yeah, you've
1: got you to realize when you see those ads, oh, take a seven-day cruise for, from, from is the big word that's real small, <laughs> from $450. By the time you're off the phone, you're up to 750 And if you want an actual window, it might be $1,000. So it's always the base rate that's advertised.
0: And number seven, uh, as far as eating goes, uh, everybody goes up to the Lido deck and they get their toast they toast it it's frozen cold by the time they get to their seat they get an egg they get this you're talking about the buffet the buffet well the lido deck is the buffet anyway
1: but not everybody knows that
0: i know but they don't know that they can go to the dining room in their shorts and they can have breakfast on linen cloth tables with waiters serving you you can have breakfast and lunch in the dining room and be treated like a queen.
1: And remember, at our age, 90% of the children on the cruise ship are at the buffet.
0: And the final, (laughs) please use a travel agent. 90% of travel agents will service you for free. We will. Uh, The thing is that there is no objectivity when you go to the computer and book a cruise you don't know you might say oh I don't want one with a bunch of children or I do want one with all types of activities we can maneuver through the minutia and get you to the absolute ship that you want you say this is how much money I've got to spend we'll get you to that ship and there is my report on cruising
1: I'm, I'm just I'm overwhelmed I'm glad. I think it's wonderful. I think people, the internet has not gotten people to think about things anymore. They just push those little buttons and they wonder. OK. <laughs> and like everything else, not all cabins look as good on the ship as they are in the in the picture there. In reality. All right, all right Sam, I'm going to turn the tone a little bit right now, because I have a travel rant. Oh! As we finish up the election, everybody is talking about the need to spend money on our infrastructure. I don't care if it's the Republicans, the Democrats, the winners or the losers. We need to spend money on infrastructure. I'm here to talk about the fact that we need to make sure that infrastructure includes improving our passenger train service in this country. Why? My God, I'm living in Vegas. Over 400,000 people come here in a year. You can't take a train to Vegas. My God, I got to go to Kingman. Who wants to go to Kingman? Okay, to get a train and then take a bus up here? Come on. That's one. The other thing is, oh, you can't. Planes are quicker than a train. Oh, my God, the trains take so long. Look, when you add parking two hours ahead of time for somebody to frisk you, and your and plane, and then get on the plane, and then delays and so forth. I tell you, I we when we lived in, in Virginia, and we would go by train from downtown DC to downtown New York, and they say, "Oh, I can fly up there in, t- in forty minutes." Oh, sure you can. Two hours to get into the plane. Then they where do they dump you off at JFK, and you have a two an hour ride into the city. I'm getting out of 30th Street, I walk across to a cab in five minutes I'm in a hotel, or better yet, an Irish pub. And that's the way it is in these other places. So don't tell me that planes are quicker. Now, in 1970, the federal government created Amtrak. That was the same year that France put in their first high-speed train. My God, the French have been doing it for thirty years. Isn't that embarrassing? And we have no decent high speed trains. Oh, we got a high speed train from Washington to New York, but it has to stop in every state. We want to make sure Joe Biden's get the train in Wilmington, Delaware. The word is express. Who stops <laughs> in Wilmington, Delaware? I used to live there. I didn't even stop there. Okay. <laughs> People are complaining, my God, they want to spend, they spent $30 billion on Amtrak for the last 30 years and it doesn't work. Guess what? The airlines and the highways are not paying their own way. We spent $1.8 trillion to keep the airports going. I'm telling you, go to a website, Okay, first of all, we're spending about as much money as Bolivia on our trains. Okay, <laughs> so come on. All right, let's, let's get to it here. All right, go to High Speed Railroad's website. Find out what it could be, what we could have in the United States. I'm, I, I'm just so livid about this. That's Make sure your senator and your representative understand infrastructure must include, must include the rail service, passenger rail service. All right, Sam, I'm, I'm done ranting. Now, where the hell was last year's question? Tell us. Who won?
0: Oh, Kathy Taylor won. And she won because she knew where, uh, what is it?
1: The Rock of Gibraltar.
0: Oh, it was my question. I should know. The Rock of Gibraltar. And it's in?
1: It's in Spain. It's in Spain. And you know what's wonderful about the rock in oh, Gibraltar?
0: In Spain. They Spain. have monkeys in the place. There are two hundred
1: and thirty monkeys living on top of that rock. It's the only reason to go there. Let's have the monkeys throw things at you. But anyway, the Spanish still want it back. The British own it. They will not give it back.
0: I get the question this week, and we know you're out there, Barb, we know you're listening. Where was the tango invented? Olay!
1: Yes, the real tango, okay? And remember, the first one who emails us the correct answer wins, and the email is down there at the bottom. Those of you what eyesight can read that, okay? <laughs> so make sure you email us with the correct answer, where was the tango invented?
0: Well, it's time for our happy hour hunt, and this time, We live on the east, so most of the things we talk about are on the east. But this time, we're going west, young man.
1: And since we postponed our show because of the Thanksgiving holiday, we're going to have our next show quickly on December 7th. Okay, so look for us on December 7th for our next show. And in the meantime...
0: Thank you for watching Travel, Eat, and Learn. I'm Sam Shockley.
1: And I'm Patrick Barney. See you next time.